0: hear that tune? I did. It's time for that. So Retrograde. Finally. Because sometimes things be retrograde. Sometimes they do. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Simbari
1: and we're not in we aren't a Jupiter retrograde. Are we? Oh, no wait
0: maybe it's Uranus. You know what I'm not really sure. Google it guys. Yeah, we're it not out. here for facts. We're here <laughs> for funny banter.
1: I know it's the one that helps propel like professional matters and that there might seem be seemingly delays in professional matters for a little while longer and then suddenly everything will become clear.
0: Does that resonate with anyone? Resonates with me. Same. So, so let's get into the show. We have a true ultralight beam here on the show today. <laughs> he is the prince
1: <laughs> of our lives and the prince of shamans. And I don't mean a prince in the royal court. I mean
0: the rock star motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome to the show, dearest Shaman Durek. Hi. Thank
2: you, I'm happy to be here. We are with thrilled to have you here.
1: Oh my God, we've just wanted to have you on since the day that I laid eyes on you and could not leave that tent at Mind Body Green.
2: I didn't want to let you ladies go at all.
0: We... Um, you <laughs> may remember the shaman from our special Mind Body Green Live from Dove Mountain mm-hmm. Resort. Mm-hmm. And now you're here with us in Los yes. Angeles after yes. quite some travels. Yes. Where did you just come in from?
2: Um, I just flew in from Istanbul, um, Turkey.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Love Istanbul. We're
0: going to get into why you are in Istanbul in a second. But first, let's just do a little like intro into you're a shaman. What is that and why?
1: We've had some people talk. We've been like, we have a shaman friend. And then they go, he's a shaman. And we go, we don't know what that
2: is. (laughs) 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 Well, different people, you know, um, associate the word shaman. But basically, shaman is a Saxon word that actually means one who knows um, or one who is um, guided to have the answer. And so Mm. shamans actually originated in the when um, Earth was first um, formatted back in the times of Lemuria before Atlantis, when the Earth was Pangea. There was always that one person who was guided by... By the ancestors and spirits to be different from those who were actually following a certain blueprint in order for adaptation and for survival and so that one person was either given a gift or something happened to them that made them have a gift like say either they fell off a cliff or they were blind or they were attacked by an animal or they had some kind of sickness that they couldn't get rid of and through that process um the spirits um, helped them to piece themselves back together and then be able to be that person who was bringing forth the knowledge from the spirit world into the physical in a way that actually helped the the tribe or the people or the community to adapt and so um, it was necessary, if you look back in ancient, if you go back into all of the ancient tribes, the 12 tribes, if you look back in all of the cultural understandings of the cultures that we have today, they all had shamans. The thing is, shamans were, as times went on and shamans began to share their information with um, the general populace of, about plants and about, you know, uh, the spirits and about adaptation, understanding how to, to survive and, um, and cultivate while being on the earth people started to um you know to to learn from them and then that began to turn into what we call alchemy and then that turned into like bleeding methods that were used in the dark periods and then it turned into what you call medicine today and if you actually look at the medicine sign of a hospital you actually see the two snakes Mm -hmm. right intertwining with the angel wings and the snake is actually the the symbolism and shamanism that represents health and transformation so it's funny how you can actually see little symbols throughout life. So I am a third-generation shaman. Um, my um, grandmother's father's um, uh, mother, father, have all been shamans. And so in my generation, I'm the third generation. My family comes from um, Africa, and also the, my mother's side is um, Norwegian and uh, Scandinavian. So I have both sides. I have my ancestors from Valhalla, and I have my ancestors in the African tribe. And when I was about... Five years old, my, um, my mom made it very clear to me um, that it was very talked before my grandmother died that the, someone was gonna take the next generation of shamanism to a different level that was gonna make it more mainstream and, and share all of the secrets of shamanism with people. And there was gonna be a kid and she always knew it was me and then I started having visions of my grandmother, my ancestors coming to me as a little boy. And then, then my family was like, you're the one. And so I knew I was five years old. But when you're five years old, you see, you 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 think that, you know, this is your world. You're playing and you're having these spirits talking to you and you're like, to your parents, they're like your imaginary friends. But to me, they were my counsel, mm. you know. And um, it didn't become really apparent to me until I got to about 11 years old when I realized that I wasn't the the same as every kid was in school. I thought everyone could talk to these beings. I thought everyone could hear the trees talk to them. I thought everybody could touch someone and and hear what their body's pain was saying or, you know, all these things. And Then I realized that um, it wasn't, that I was actually different. And I started to express a lot of myself in school and people started seeing me as scary, and religious people would say that I'm like a devil's child, and, you know, it was very um, difficult. I became very ostracized very quickly, so I spent a lot of my childhood alone, mm. and, um, you know, I, I adapted to that loneliness. I, I took my time for study. I took my time to get into studying religion. Um, I started getting really into Christianity and Catholicism, and then I started getting into Buddhism, Tibetanism, and I started really understanding <clears throat> um other people's way of thinking, because I wanted to understand where the judgment was, mm. where what was this judgment and this fear of our creator. And so shaman basically is, we are the person who will go to the unknown, to the places, we'll go like to the dark places that people won't go into because they don't, they, they fear they have no control of what could happen to them. Where in shamans, we don't believe that we know that we're connected to source, which is God, and that we don't need to live in that, perpetual fear of something bad's going to happen because we're always safe you know and, and I think the, the the misalignment of humanity is the idea that they um don't really believe that they're safe and so they see the representations played out in the world and they begin to believe that so they can say oh yeah I believe in God I believe on these things but then they have worry fear and whatever and that just tells me like you're not really saying. You're not really saying what you're really saying. You may have the idea, but you haven't embodied it fully because you're still afraid of the unknown. So.
1: <clears throat> so I remember from, the talk that you gave at Mind Body Green. You you knew about these things when you were young, but then something happened, as you were older that made you really be like, okay, this is my mission. I just want to. I feel like that's an amazing story, and I just I want to hear it before we <laughs> talk about <laughs>
2: smiles in the studio. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know. Um, In the path of being a shaman, you have to go through certain types of... tests. And the test isn't like, we don't call it tests in the spirit world. What we basically call it is devotion. It's a it's an understanding of, are you willing to give up your earthly things in order to serve the people, right? And so, um, a lot of those experiences are held by the spirits who will create certain circumstances to happen to you. So, mine's, because I'm a spirit shaman, and I want to kind of clarify that with people, because a lot of people think as soon as they hear shamanism, they mention ayahuasca to me as if I'm carrying it in my back pocket, or like it's, just, <laughs> oh, it's in my bag, and it's like, you know, I'm handing it out to the world, but do you um, have any? No.
1: Oh, but the
2: thing is, is that I mean, I can I have the spirit of ayahuasca. I can pull in I'm a spirit shaman. <laughs> um, but the thing is, different shamans from different cultures operate from different forms of medicine and different types of um, you know environments uh, where they actually actualize themselves in their studies and take from those plants and those things in their in in their region. So you know, for instance, if it's Native American, they're working with whatever they have in their region. If it's African, they're working with like you know, um, things that within their region and so forth and so on. So the plants, the trees, and the flowers and so forth. But I'm a spirit shaman. So spirit shamans were one of the oldest forms of shamans because they basically don't communicate with the physical. They communicate what's, what's inside the physical, what actually emanates the physical, and that is the spirit. And so... Being a spirit shaman, our tests are a little bit more complicated than someone who would just be like a root shaman or a fire shaman or a water shaman from Bali where they're taking the flowers of the water and dumping it on your head over and over and over until the water spirits start actually cleansing you and teaching you. So spirit shamans, we have to learn how to remove our judgment of humanity as much as... Um, Understanding that we can't create an idea or a perception that something is right and wrong because right and wrong is subjective to each culture. So what may be wrong to someone, um, something might be right to someone in Papua New Guinea is completely disgusting to someone here in America, right? And so we can't really say this is right and wrong. What we do is we look at is it referenced through love? Right. Mm. So everything that's referenced through love, actually, then that's how we operate from. So our training is always about how do we go into the darkest, darkest parts of human psyche, emotions, issues, and bring forth the understanding of how do we bring that back through the lens of love? So the, the journey of a spirit shaman is that we actually have to physically die. And every person who chooses to be on the spiritual shaman path or to be um, on that journey goes through a death ceremony. And a lot of, you know, when I was a kid, I was thinking, I was hearing from other shamans. They're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you've are you're been chosen as a spirit shaman in this life. When someone tells you that, I'm like, I just really want to ride my skateboard and drink Slurpees. But, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like,
0: All right. <laughs> so, yeah. you, so you, you, this was planted in your head that this was inevitably something that you would experience?
2: I had it in my head from other people and also had it from the spirits who were talking to me at night. They're like, you're gonna be a person who goes out in the world and really teaches people the true understanding of, of love and connection to really honoring life. Um, so, and I also knew that I was going to die as well, but I always had this idea when they said it to me, like, oh, I'm just going to have some kind of spiritual death. And even I met this one woman and she's like, oh, you're just going to have a spiritual death. And then I met the shaman in Lakota and they're like, no, you're going to have a physical death, you know? And so it was like, oh, am I going to have this like mental death or am I going to have a real physical death? And then. I went to one of my um, other lifetimes when I was the Oracle of Delphi. I went to Delphi to find my sisters where I used to be. How, they... how 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 how, 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 All how up. time out park the car park. yeah we got to pull over second. get off the highway <laughs> tea <be> break <laughs>
1: how does one travel to Delphi
2: you get in an airplane you buy a ticket <laughs> to, and to Greece and you get a car and you drive up to the mountain of okay. Delphi okay okay
1: right. literal 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 okay. yeah yeah okay. Okay. and I
2: went there <laughs> and I had to go back to the places where I was so I went to Egypt because one of my life I was a pharaoh in Egypt I see that yeah so hard even the people in Egypt they were like following me down the street touching me they're like "Yo, you're one of the ancients I'm like yes I know and look what you did to the land <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> like, I was so angry like, nice all this anger came up inside of me and my my friends were like oh my god why are you so angry I'm like look what they did to that look what they did to that I was like having like, a moment it used to yeah. be better yeah. yeah I had a moment <laughs> But, um, yeah, I went back to all these places um, to, to reconnect with myself. And when I got to Delphi, my sisters came and they were like, you're going to die and you're going to die a horrible death and it's going to be very painful. But you will go to, the, you go to the spirit world and you'll make your decision there. And if you want to come back, it's your choice. But you're going to have to give up something and you're going to have to suffer something so that you can suffer and you have to suffer the whole time without complaint. And it was interesting because when I died, it was a very horrible death. Um, I ended up suffocating to death. I, lo- my, I lost my kidney. I was at a 10.6 potassium, which is like like you, people who go to prison and get the lethal injections, are, they usually die around a 7.2. I was at 10.6. So my whole entire organs were shutting down one by one. How did one this happen? Ha- so
0: let's back up a little bit. So were you sick?
2: So um, what happened was I had high blood pressure, and okay. it came out, and it – blew the vessels in my kidneys. And how old were you? I was on this plane, you know, time no no time around. no, in this time. So let me think back when it happened I was 28, wow. 28, 29. Wow. And then
0: how how long from when you had this experience when you were talking to your guides and knowing that this was an inevitability to it occurring. And did you operate on, a, on in somewhat of a fearful space until that happened?
2: No, I operated in a space of like whatever.
0: Okay,
2: You're like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I wasn't really commit. I mean, I was committed to my path as a shaman, but I wasn't fully committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, my friends who knew me back then they were like, "Wow, Derek, you were so powerful," but you always had your foot in like going to the parties and like going hanging out with your friends and like you know I was like doing all these other things. Like I became a model and I like you know I, I um, started doing runway shows and I was like getting into like I was doing all these other things and not fully investing in it. And then when I died. And I actually, and that's the other thing too, because when I studied religion, and a lot of times in religion, like, okay, you die, and then you go through judgment, and then there's like all this, you know, you go to hell or heaven and all this kind of stuff. So for me, the de- you know, the idea that I was actually going to die was actually quite interesting to me because I was like listening to other people tell me like, well, if you die, that you have a choice to come back. And I'm like, God, that's gonna be amazing because then I'm gonna come back with a boom if I choose because I really want to know what happens because I've just been hearing all these things from people. This is what happens when you die and this is what happens when you die. But actually, I'm going to now make the journey. I get to actually die, you know? So there was one part of me that was, like, excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then there was another part of me that was, like, that sucks.
0: Right. I'm just, I'm human. But it wasn't I'm, stressful.
2: It wasn't stressful. It was just a human feeling of, like, that sucks. And do I really believe it? And let's find out. Because I'm the biggest skeptic. And
1: then But you're you- a Scorpio, so you needed to know. <laughs> exactly. So
2: <laughs> you exactly
0: got sick?
2: Yeah, so basically my um, high blood pressure got out of control. And then... Um, I started ma- uh, maintaining it. And then I went to the jungle to do some training. And while I was there in, the, um, in uh, Belize, in the Jaguar jungle, I met with this medicine woman and this medicine man. And they said to me, you know, when you leave here, this is when you're going to die. And so I was like, really? Well, maybe I shouldn't leave here. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe if I stay here, it's going to change something. Yeah. But it didn't. I, I was in the jungle and I had a wonderful time and I did some, a lot of training there. And then I came back... And within two days, um, I woke up one morning and there was a spirit in front of me and it was like, you, um, you think you're gonna bring us home, but you're not, and um, you're leaving right now. And it like reached into my body and, um, and I was like, I remember saying, like, I came here to bring you home, that's why we're here, we're not trying to like hurt you. And then it kept reaching into my body and I fell on the floor and then my friend came, took me to the hospital, I had a seizure in the car, my head hit the the glass in the dashboard, and then he had me pulled into an ambulance. I woke up in the ambulance, and the guy said to me, um, I said, oh, what happened? He's like, you just had five seizures, and I was like, and I never had a seizure in my life, so I was like, oh, seizure, check. That's interesting, this is what a seizure feels like. Uh-huh. I'm such a Scorpio, so I was like <laughs> checking it up on the, the experience chart, you know? He goes, are you really doing that right now? And I'm like, yeah, I've never had a seizure before. Now I know what it feels like. He's like, well, you're probably gonna have more, and I was like, okay. It's like that's why you have pillows and blankets all next to you. And then I had another one, and then another one. And then they rolled me into hospital. They didn't have a room for me, and I was there. And my friend, my friend Marcus, was sitting next to me. And um, he's like, "I'm not gonna let you go." And I was like, "Marcus, I'm gonna die, and you need to be okay with that." And he goes, "No, you're not." And I go, "No, I am. And you have a choice. You can leave me, um, but I don't really want to die alone because I, I just don't. I'm scared. You know, like I'm scared. I know this is the moment." And I'm scared, and then all of a sudden, this woman walked into the room, like luminously glowing. The whole room turned like uh, liquidy, and like bright light everywhere. And I could hear the voices and thoughts of people. And she was talking to me and telling me, like, "You're going to go through a lot of pain in a couple of seconds, and you're, um, you can't, don't fight, let go. The more you hold on to the body, the more suffering you're going to go through. You're going to feel your suffering." So, I'm such a Scorpio, I'm a fighter, you know? And I was really um, listening to her, and then she, dis- she, like, I don't know if she disappeared, but she kind of evaporated, and the room turned back to normal, and he was like, where were you? We were, like, staring off, and I was like, it's starting. And he's like, no, it's not, I'm going to get a doctor. I'm like, no, 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 don't leave me, don't leave me, it's starting. He's like, what am I going to do? I'm like, just hold my hand, please. And I, he, I, he grabbed my hand, and then all of a sudden, I felt knives stabbing every area of my body, and I was, like, convulsing and convulsing, and then all of a sudden, I felt my lungs, like de- like drop in my chest and i felt this pain in my chest and then i was like hitting my throat with my hand as hard as i could i was like couldn't breathe and then um he they came they realized i couldn't so they put a hole in my neck they still couldn't get me to breathe and they were like putting that thing on me and then my i felt like i could i kept looking my i was shaking and like convulsing my fingers were turning blue and my eyes started bulging out and popping out of my sockets and and I heard this voice the whole time, in a beautiful voice. Was so, and the, it was like beauty and this love. And it kept saying, um, Beloved child, let go. Stop fighting. It's okay. Let go. We have you. It's okay. Let go. And I, I remember it was funny because the doctor said that it was so intense that they were trying to hold my body down because it was flying off the thing. And they were trying to put push my eyes back in because my eyes were pop- popping out. And I was like in so much pain. And then I just... Gave up. I stopped fighting. I mean, I feel like crying right now. It was really intense. Oh, yeah, and I gave up. And, hmm, hmm, that was really hard. Anyway, um, I, there's a, you know, it's interesting because I always, as a kid, used to, when I was a little boy, I remember I was two years old in my crib, I used to knock on the wall and like tell my mom like why is this solid why is this solid you know and i used always be like what is this world what is why are people so mean and why is there school and what is these things what am i in what is this you know and um when you're dying everything becomes clear to you it was like i saw everything and i um the room completely was light I could hear and see everything going on in the hospital. I could see what going on in the parking lot. I can see what's going on in the city around. And, um, and then I was back in the hospital and my grandmother and my aunt were there and they were like talking to me. They're like, it's okay, child, you're safe. You're with us now. And you have this one part you have to go through. This is the part where you have to um, decide what you want. And, um, and then they like evaporated. I was in this ocean, this black ocean that was being swished around in this ocean and um i remember hearing my thoughts being like am i dreaming is this a dream what's going on and then um i felt this love and energy and all these things and then all of a sudden these lights came that i've never seen before and then all of a sudden i was realized that i was inside of a womb in my mother's womb and i was being like moved around and i could hear sounds and echoes and And then I was standing outside of my mother at the same time while being in the womb and being at two places at one time, watching my mom give birth to me and watching the doctor pull me out and watching that my dad wasn't there. And like, I remember my mom was like really upset and she was crying and and then it went through all of that. And then it just like, I was seeing everything my whole life. Like, I was living every part of it and watching it at the same time. Every person I spoke to, every person that, every fight that I ever got into, every single thing. And it was all shown to me. And I'm gonna get emotional again. And then it was like this part of me that knew everything just made a decision that it was all okay. And I like let it go with love. Like I saw, I just, I pulled myself out of it. I didn't keep reliving it. Like I kept going through it and going through it until I got to a place where I could accept all of the things that I did and then I just pulled myself out of it. And then all of a sudden it was going away and I saw this bright light coming at me and it was so much love. I just wanted to like get into it. Like a, It felt like, um, if I could put it on a feeling, a human feeling right now, it would feel like the best love calling you and this warm blanket wrapping around you and I remember saying to myself in my conscious I could hear everything I was thinking I remember saying I'm home this is this is I'm home this is this is God this is where I am and I remember being on this beach and there was like I had no body but I could see everything I could see the waves I could see the mountains I can see the sky the sky made this beautiful sound when i look at it with my consciousness and then I saw other um, energies and some People were appearing, and some people were not. And I knew they were there anyway. And then that same woman came up to me, and she was like, "What kind of body would you like to have?" And I was like, "And she wasn't moving her mouth. She was just talking to my consciousness." And I said, "I, could, what kind of body can I be?" She goes, "You can be anything you want to be. You can be younger. You can be older. You can be a child. You can be a butterfly. You can be a sound wave. You can be a color. Anything you think of, you can be here." I was like, I want the body that I had before. And all of a sudden, my hands appeared. But I didn't feel bones. There was no bones. And everything, every touch I made on my skin wasn't like the way I feel now with these wet and hot and cold weird sensations that I was trying to explain to my doctor when I came Mm -hmm. back. But it was just like the best feeling. It was like pure love. And I remember touching the sand and rubbing it in my fingers. And it felt just like sand. But it felt so good. And I remember just taking the sand and like playing with it. And then... Um, she's like, you have questions, and I said, "Um, yes, I have many questions, and she's like, we know your questions, and you know the answers, and here they are, and all of a sudden, everything, it was like, why is there war, why is there pain, why is there disease, why is there suffering, why do people die, why are people getting hurt, why are people mean to each other, like every single question, and the same answer came for every single question, and it said, malfunction in thinking, that the thinking process is malfunctioned, and that the way the, the, the mind was taught, it was taught incorrectly. And that because of it, it's created a malfunction through all systems of human beings and through all the systems have just been malfunctioned and no one has put the right technology back, the technology of its true thinking process. And it all made sense to me. I just was like, yeah, I, I get it. And the, the, she said, would you like to see some friends of yours or family members? anyone or do you want to take some time you can go anywhere she goes do you want to fly there do you want to just go there here's how you do it she was explaining everything to me so at first I wanted to fly so I was flying over this mountain with her and we were I was like you know looking at the ocean and she's like you can go down and touch it and I went down and I like put my fingers in the water and I go it feels like water but better and she's like everything you have on earth is here too Um, And she's like, if you want to rest, you can rest. If you want to eat, you can eat. She was telling me everything. And I was just like, it was like a playground, the most amazing playground. And I took a lot of time for myself talking to her. And then she said, if you want to go see the community area and where everyone is. And I went and there was like this beautiful park with this lake. And there was this little girl. I was talking to her. She was telling me how she was a how she was a, a, a woman who died in this war and that she never got a chance to be a kid. And so when she got there, she chose to be a kid and that she might change her shape later when she's done being a kid. And like, you know, there's no time there. And it was amazing. And then I, I went to see my grandmother and I got to talk to her and I got to see my aunt. I saw my friend who was in a car accident um, who had his head um, decapitated when he was living, he got in his car accident. I got to see him and I went into his own world And I was like, what is this? And he's like, this is my heaven. He's like, this is the place that I've created that brings me the most joy. And it was like water. It was like I was walking through the water. I mean, it was beautiful. I went to this place where I got to turn into a sound wave and I got to, uh, uh, other beings were turning into sound waves and we were bouncing off of each other and hitting each other and like all these bursts of love. It it was, I, I mean, all the things that I did, I felt like I was there for the longest time and then I was on this um, one area with these stones and there's this ocean, and this woman came up to me and she's like, you can stay here, you know. Like, you don't have to go back. And I was like, I know you're telling me that everyone chooses to come to leave. She said, I said, she goes, God doesn't interfere with humans' um, choices. God just loves them. And the power that everything is is already in them. She's like, everyone chooses to be here when they want to be here but they don't want to admit that they want to be here, so they create illnesses, and she was telling me all this stuff, and she's like, it's your choice if you want to stay. There's no wrong or anything like that. And I said, "I, there's so many people on Earth who don't know. They've been so misled and so caught up, the darkness, and, um, and I learned about the darkness too, which was amazing. I said, I have to go help the darkness. I have to go back and help the people, and I know this is here. I can always come back. I'm okay. I get it now. Like I know what. It, I get it. I understand it. And she's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, I was on that beach, and there were these other people, and we were all talking and having this talk. And there, you know, there was this guy I was talking to, and he, you know, he wanted to go back and be with his family. And there was this little girl, you know, and she, she um, had gotten into an accident. And she wanted to go back, and um, there were these beings who were their um, their uh, in from their bodies were there, but they were in a coma, and they wanted to go back, and we all started going into the water, and then we were in this liquid, and this burst of light happened, and we were shooting like stars through space, and it literally I saw like planets and that had many moons. I saw. I mean the galaxy was so amazing and i remember we were moving so fast and then we stopped right in front of earth and i could see the whole earth and i was the love that was permeating all of the earth and then i just like love is always there and i like went in towards the earth and i saw the hospital and i saw the the room and i saw that i was in um i was in a uh uh they had a sheet over me and the they had things on, and there was this person putting a needle in me, and they were, like, shocking me and shocking me. And I remember, like, getting back into my body, and I couldn't see. And I heard this voice say to me, um, okay, we're going to hook you back in. And I heard, like, these weird, like, like, nova sounds, like... And then it went... And literally, I saw pixelations, like, like like coming at me like light stars. And then my eyes open and I felt this rush of pain, and I felt pain in my body. And I went, oh, and they're like, we got him, you know? And I heard the doctor, and he's like, Mr. Verrett, Mr. Verrett, you're paralyzed, you have brain damage. He's like, everything's gonna be fine, everything else. I was like, oh, oh, oh. and I, I, I like I, they had like a tube, and I was like trying to pull this tube out of my mouth, but I couldn't, my hands couldn't, I couldn't move my hands, and I felt like everything was wrong with my body, and then um, the doctor was trying to, you know, to to uh, help me, and my arms were failing, and I I think I hit him in the face or something, and then I woke up in the hospital months later with these um, straps. They strapped me in my bed. That's why I have these marks right here on my wrist. They put straps on me because they said that um, I kept coming out, and then I would die again, and they would resuscitate me, and then I would like th- like my body was going crazy. I couldn't n- understand what was happening. And I woke up, I had tubes and I had these big barrels next to me and like people were in my room and like, it was really intense. Um, and then what was really intense is them telling me I was never going to walk again and that uh, my brain was going to, my brain was, I was dead for so long that my brain had brain damage. That's why I couldn't film, I couldn't move my thing. I couldn't pick anything. I couldn't, I couldn't move my fingers. Like Everything was, you know, wasn't working, but my eyes, I could, you know, see everything and hear everything and it. I remember having tears, constantly tears and tears because I couldn't get my message across. I couldn't say I'm in pain. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't pick up a glass. I couldn't move my body. And I was just, just watching all these people and the, doing things to me. And you know, it was the worst. I even mean, had a friend came and he was saying, he was talking to me, my friend from San Diego. He's like, I'm gonna unplug you. You're in so much pain. He goes, oh my God, I'm gonna unplug you. I'm gonna unplug you. And then his wife's like, we'll go to jail, we can't do it. Like I was watching everybody coming in and out of the room just like, you know, with their conversations. And um, and then this voice started talking to me. And It was really dark. And it was like, why did you come back? What do you want? What do you think you can do for these people? Why are you here? Why did you come here? And it was talking to me. It's like, why don't you just go home? Why don't you go back to where you came from? We don't want you here. And then this other voice came and it was like, child of light do not listen to that voice that is them that is the ones who who pollute the minds of the people on earth that's the ones we told you about those souls that couldn't forgive themselves for their lives that they lived they're in the shadow form now and they're trying to convince you to give up you can make it through this we'll walk you through the process and literally every day these spirits would show up in my room and they're like okay the way you're going to heal your brain is that you have to understand that your brain is a conductor of energy. We have to clear the energy that's being conducted that's actually making you believe that you have to be, that like, this is it, like you can't move your body. We have to con- send the energy lines and connect your body, and you have to think about it. And it's not your thinking in your brain, your, your spirit is thinking it. Your spirit has to know. And so they kept talking to me and talking to me and talking to me and talking to me. And I started piecing my brain back together and the doctors were tripping. They couldn't believe it. I mean, to this day, like they call me the miracle. Like when I, the doctors look at me like, I'm, you know, it's impossible. So, I could tell you more, but I don't wanna like take the whole show and talk about this. I,
1: like, <laughs> I don't even know. First of all, thank you. Thank you. For sharing that and yeah. for going to that place. Uh, I'm astounded and a little bit speechless, And I think that our listeners are also going to be having a similar, like, holy fucking shit moment because our brains aren't wired to understand that at all. And I think on some level, like, we're taught to fear death and we're taught to fear pain. and But that's, like, that's the condition of humanity.
2: Well, the malfunction of thinking. So I figured it out what they were talking to me about because... When I finally got the ability to move my right hand, it was doing this the whole time, like this, you know, when I finally got, like, to get some, you know. Like and my doing a
0: shaking motion.
2: Yeah, my sister put a pin in my hand, and I, am, and I kept writing on the piece of paper incorrect information, incorrect information, incorrect information, incorrect information. And what I figured out by looking and understanding life is that there was a time that we had a balance within our our ability to know the difference between unbalance and imbalance. I mean, balance within our system is the masculine and feminine aspect, the part of our brain, our conductor. And darkness infiltrated into that part of us because we... let darkness in by having certain things happen. Darkness kept using fear to build itself into our our central nervous system and our neurological system, creating branches in our nerve endings that would keep pushing towards the part of our brain that would actually fire off those electrodes that made us actually start looking at things from the place of we're alone and we have to survive and we have to do anything we can to survive, so we we have to problem solve. We have to problem solve, we have to problem solve to survive. And the part of us that was the feminine side was cut off. The darkness cut it off, so we couldn't feel what we were actually experiencing. We became thinkers of what we experienced and feelings were considered weak. And, um, and so we began to cut more of that off. And what that did is it made it that we, when we would create something, we didn't realize if we were identifying with that, what we were creating as a purpose for all. We were doing it for ourselves, our individual self, to survive. And so we would kill people. We didn't realize, oh, my God, we're taking life. We didn't see it that way. We saw it as whatever I need to do to survive, this is it. So we built our school system to enhance that form of thinking. We didn't create a school system that enhanced the other side mm-hmm. of, of feeling and knowing yourself and, and, and knowing that you're loved and knowing that there's only one of you that exists in all the universe and that no one could be you. So you don't ever have to compare yourself or meet some standard that is not connected to you. Mm-hmm. And that the, the educational system wasn't built on you, it was built on preparing you for survival and how to be able to adapt to the structure of the industrial structure the um, the uh, the industry of work. Right, so it's not based on oh come to school and let me teach you about you and your sensitivities and how you interact and what would be the best thing for you actually to do on planet earth that would actually sell you faster than any other person because of who you, what your genotype is it was based on do you fit these criteria and if you don't you don't get love and you don't get rewarded so we are a society that builds our, our way of living on the idea that we have to be we have to do something to be loved we have mm-hmm. to do something to be liked and if not there's punishment and no love and we have to do something to accumulate something so we can show people look at look what we created. We have value. Look at my worth. Look at my worth. And we have to um, be rewarded for things so we can see our own worth. So we always look outside of ourselves to be to to understand the representation of ourselves is through other people. So we've created that, our whole system built. That's where we have police departments and fire trucks and all these things. We created a system that bases the idea that something bad is going to happen. Fear, 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 fear. And we, 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 we use that model as a projection of our evolution. And as Einstein said in the sphere sphere of relativity, which is everything is moving in a circular motion. So therefore, if we have fear as our our, our objective of movement, then we're going to stay in a perpetual hamster wheel and continue to go through this process.
1: So talk to us about the work that you're doing in your travels around the world to reverse or... um, repair I guess Reeducate, educate yeah re-educate um kind of this line of thinking and and how our listeners can if they aren't working with you directly can do this for themselves
2: so what I'm doing in the world is I go to different countries I meet with the top leaders in the world and be it like um everything from business to um you know to lawyers to doctors to people in the fashion to people in in music in every industry Leaders, I meet with them and I educate them back into the right understanding of technology so they can see why all the things that they've made choices on has affected the greater populace because they're the ones sitting on top. So everything that they do filters down to all the different people in, in, in their society, in their community and, um, and educating them gives them the ability to realize they can actually start creating restructuring. So it's so what I do in the world, I do two things. I, one, I support, um, I, I fight for women's rights mm-hmm. because women are actually um, the gift bearers on the planet. They have the ability to bring life in their body, and they also have intuition. And so men, we are builders. We're the ones who are supposed to build. Women are the ones who are supposed to tell us if it's, go- if it's governed by love is what we're building have a value that supports not just ourselves but Everyone on the planet, you know, and darkness's whole plan is to keep us separate by lines and definitions so we don't see all the missing um, information because if cultures were to come together and share information, and that's why, you know, technology has become so interesting because we would be able to really actually retrofit how we have the, the lies that we've been that we've been digesting and the poisons that we've been digesting and sharing like we do like right now, we're doing right now on this radio show, how we can... Um, educate people because now you have people listening from all over and they can be getting information where before that wasn't available right so it was only available to the rich and to the influential people because the other people wouldn't be able to get that unless the rich and the influential people were willing to share it right and so right now it's about restructuring because right now um, I'm working at a very all-time high right now people always say I'm a workaholic and even my assistant who's sitting here Sam knows I'm a workaholic and he's always like take a vacation take a vacation but I'm on a time crunch right now. You see, because we are in a five-year um, area of a, of a transition where every single thing we have not identified through love is going to now face us. The shadow is going to show us how completely disconnected we have been from love. And some people are going to get off the planet and escape and be like, "I'm done. I don't want to deal with this." And they're gonna leave. That's why you see deaths happening like left and right. Others are going to have um, anger. They're gonna have rage. They're going to have discord with themselves because they are not taking responsibility for how they're living their lives. They've been living their lives a lie. And um, a lot of people go into this world doing things to please their family, their parents, doing things to people please others to be loved, but they never actually step back and said, what makes me happy? What brings me joy? What makes me want to say to someone, you're an amazing person and you can have everything because I feel fulfilled.
1: So how, what, what's like a, some tools or some way, like what What does the work yeah, involve? I, I think like that everyone loves this idea. I think
0: that where we are, like just to ground it in like culturally where we are right now, especially like we'll speak from as Americans, like mm-hmm. this is really, there, every single aspect of what's happening around us is telling us we need to wake up, we need to pay attention, mm-hmm. and I feel and I'll speak for myself. It can feel a paralyzing because it's so overwhelming, and everything feels like it's so big. So it's very easy to just want to pivot away from that and just, you know, go into your own head or whatever the case may be. And also, with um, I'm curious in terms of like how it's happening here and like what that means on like the the bigger picture.
2: So, in the bigger picture, from you mean from America? Or you mean the world in the general.
0: I, well, let's bring it to, let's like scale it down to America because I know so many of-
2: So So in America, everything has always been swept under the carpet and it's all based upon the American dream. It's the idea that you actually have a great family, your kids go to great school, you have money, you're living your life and you're all good and it's all wonderful. But the reality is, is that it hasn't been that way because a lot of the American dream is subjective to each person's family about how much they people please and wanted to make everyone happy than living their truth. And so right now what's happening is, is that the shadow is coming coming up and saying, um, let's look at how you really feel about things. Did you really, are you really enjoying this conversation you're having with your friends? Are you really um, happy in your relationship? Are you really um, comfortable with the way you've been treating yourself, the way you've been treating your body? Like, everything is asking for you to stop compromising and start living authentically and living your truth. And so what's, what my what I tell people is, the first key to making this transition is to be gentle with yourself through this period. Stop thinking that you live on a planet of perfection because you do not. This is a planet of refinement. If you lived on a planet of uh, perfection, everything would be perfect. It's not. This is a planet of refinement. You've come here to refine yourself as a child of this powerful energy to bring forth wisdom and clarity so you can bring the ones who are in the darkness, who have forgotten themselves, bring them home by sharing them, bringing the light into the darkness. But to do that, you have to move the dark, you have to understand how to be able to love limitlessly. And the way you love limitlessly is you stop lying. You stop compromising. You stop making excuses. You stop, you take responsibility. It's like the trash has been, uh, like a perfect example that I always tell people is the trash is overloaded and it smells horrible. And you've been walking by it every single day and trying to act like it doesn't smell, but it does. And now the universe um, the spirits, however you want to interpret it, God, Jesus, Allah, whoever it is that you feel you need to hold as a, as, a, as a representation to understand the greater uh, dynamic of the the source, is saying, clean up the trash that you made. God didn't do this to you. No force outside is saying. Made all this mess that we are in. We did it because our inability to do, because we kept living in entitlement and we kept, and we're not taking responsibility for how we are creators. We're not generally taking what we choose to create in life and putting it through the lens of love. And so right now, I ask everyone who's listening to look at your life and ask yourself, Are you compromising? Are you telling yourself you can't have things because maybe someone told you you couldn't or you've been talking to yourself in a certain way? Are you gentle with yourself in your process of evolution or do you beat up on yourself in your evolutionary process? Do you find things that are uncomfortable? Do you judge them because you don't accept evolution as as anything that's different? Is evolution happening or do you see it and judge it and make it right and wrong? This is the time to clarify love in your life as a principle of how you Live with others and how you live with yourself. If you're not waking up every single day and telling yourself the most beautiful, amazing, wonderful, breathtaking things about yourself every single day, then you're lying to who you are. And if you walk into a restaurant and you eat food that someone tells you to eat because you want to make them happy and people please, you are not loving yourself. And if you tell yourself you can't have something because you make up all these excuses why, you're not loving yourself. And if you're sitting in a relationship and you feel like you have to change and cut yourself apart to make that other people uh, that other person love you so you can be safe, then you're not loving yourself because you have to accept who you are fully so that you can understand the foundations of love. And this is really the key that we're talking about here it's not you know if you want to be on the 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 new hot the new hot right now is um is really authenticity and self-love and that's the new hot right now because loving yourself i'm not saying that you don't love yourself at all because i can't stand the new age when people are like oh brother you have to love yourself okay dude i love myself i'm dressed i'm here i'm loving myself (laughs) like get off me you know like let's let's change the wordage right it's we want to amplify love. We want to enhance the way we love. We want to enhance the way we hug someone. We want to enhance our compliments. We want to enhance the way we connect with our family. We want to enhance our friendships. We don't we want to refine, 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 refine. And you do that, you will see yourself make it through this blackout period that we shamans talk about, and you are going to be an instrumental aspect of world change on so many levels, just by you doing that in your life, it's going to translate to every single person around you and it's going to become effective.
1: Amen. Amen. And also. Preach. Preach, <laughs> preach, preach, Also, okay, so, because I
2: feel like. I get all passionate. No, I know, I'm, I am so it, with I'm it. into it. I just Do want to offer
1: it? practical application, like, yes, of course. What, through communication, through I'm going to give
2: you t- I'm going like, to give you some tools? exercises. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so try this. I want you. Well, I want you ladies to try this. Okay. okay. I want you to put um, a positive word into your head. Okay. Okay. Now I want you to say I want more.
1: I want more. Oh, in our head. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, <laughs> but, but it's a
0: podcast.
2: Oh no, you're going to say it out loud. <laughs> oh. Say it out loud. <laughs> All
1: right. Pardon the dead space for this exercise with <laughs>
0: yeah. the shaman. No. Okay. Say it out loud. I want more celebration. Okay. Mine was, I want more fun. Oh, great! Fun. Good. Now
2: say, I want more. Now, what pops up in your head after you said that? So you're going to stay mindful. It's,
0: I wouldn't say, I don't know if anything popped up. My heart opened a little. Perfect. Bit say, I want more. I want more heart opening, right? No, just say, I want more. Whatever. I want more staying in that flow. Joy.
2: So then what, what, do you, what happened now? What are you feeling now? I What's want popping more up smiles. There? What happened now?
0: I want more love.
2: But do you see the energies increasing? Yeah. Say, I mm-hmm. want more.
0: I want more hugs.
2: Good say, I increase it in my cells.
0: I increase it in my cells.
2: I open and increase it in my atoms.
0: I open and increase it in my atoms.
2: You see what you're feeling in your body right Mm -hmm. now? Good. Now say, I want even more.
0: I want even more.
2: Good. You see what just happened with your breath? Mm -hmm. Good And say I want more. I want more. Good. (laughs) Good, now say I want even more.
0: I want even more.
2: say increase it all around my body.
0: Increase it all around my body.
2: Good, and say I want more of that.
0: I want more of that.
2: Good, you see what you're feeling in your body? What sensations Mm -hmm. are you feeling right now? Joy,
0: warmth, elevation. Mm -hmm.
2: Say I want to feel it more.
0: I want to feel it more.
2: Tell me what you feel now.
0: Hmm, lightness.
2: Good, say I want to feel it even more. I
0: want to feel it even more, I'm shaking.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I want to feel it even more.
0: I want to feel it even more.
2: Now what are you feeling?
0: Euphoric.
2: Good. Say, I want to feel it even more.
0: I want to feel it even more.
2: You see what's happening in your body? Mm -hmm. Now your atoms are starting to vibrate faster. Yeah. Say, I want to feel it even more.
0: I want to feel it even more.
2: See what's happening now? Good. Say, I want to feel it more and make it stronger.
0: I want to feel it more and make it stronger.
2: Hmm. Okay. This exercise, right, is called maintaining a conscious stream, right? It's a shamanic practice. And what it is is that what people don't realize is that your brain is a conductor, much like a symphony, where the person, when you go to symphony, person person's conducting, you have energy transmissions coming from the dark realm, you have energy transmissions coming from other, other beings, you have energy transmissions coming from your ancestors, family members who passed on, on the other side are sending you messages all the time, they're watching everything you're doing. The thing is, human beings are so distracted by these billboards and this thing, and oh, let me check out what's this thing and this thing and that thing, that they don't take the time to pick the transmission they want and expand it and expand it and expand it like you just did Mm -hmm. right and now watch say um now that you have your energy in that way be like um I'm now that I'm open at this transmission
0: now that I'm open at this transmission
2: is there any being of the light that wants to say something to me
0: is there any being of the light that wants to say something to me
2: Now tell me what pops up in your thoughts
0: I have like love full right here and like there's a light on my
2: right side Isn't that amazing? It's
1: me. (laughs) 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 Hi. (laughs) Hi.
2: (laughs) So the thing is, this is what people do all the time. They don't even realize they're doing it. The the transmission will come in from the darkness. It'll bring a negative thought in their head. And because people haven't been taught since they're kids that anything that comes in your head that is negative, downgrading, whatever, is not you. You come from pure love. It is a transmission, and you go... You can say you can you can even just make it really hip and cool. So that's what I like what I did today when this voice was trying to get in. I was like, uh uh-huh, wrong number. Nice try. <laughs> 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 my
0: number. You turned into like a middle school kid in the 90s. Like, yeah, that's what Psych. I did. Psych. <laughs> yeah, I was
2: like, like this is exactly what I did. <laughs> say I was it to all the hands. I'm all uh, <laughs> sorry, wrong number, no time for these prank calls.
0: Yeah.
1: You know?
2: And then all of a sudden they're like, they left because they realized that I am a being who's not gonna accept those negative transmissions. And that's how I got myself to walk out of a wheelchair. Because one voice was like, You're gonna be in this wheelchair. The doctor says you're never gonna walk again. I was like, thank you, but no thanks. But that's that's nice darkness, but I'm sorry, but I'm a child of the light. And then the light was like, Dirk, you're gonna heal you're healing these legs right now. Your cells are shifting, your neurological system is, is reprogramming your body, everything is good. keep going. You know, and I stayed on that stream, like you just did. I stayed on you see how your body started vibrating. Yeah. I stayed on that stream until my legs turned back on. And my physical therapist was like, You're getting feeling in your legs Mm. how did you do that and and then I was like I need energy generators so I went to Kabbalah and I started like scanning you know the book 22 and I got more energy I was looking at all the energy resources I can pull to increase that power up and up and up until I regenerated what was necessary for my body the thing is, is that you do it all the time. When a negative thought comes in your head, you focus on it. The moment you focus on it, you're basically opening the door to, to darkness and saying, come on in, guys. Come on in, everyone. Mm-hmm. You know." And then the darkness gets in there. And then all of a sudden, you, you, they realize that you don't know how to discern. So because you don't discern, I can make you a puppet. Mm-hmm. so all of a sudden now every time you're doing things the darkness is like well they don't really like you or you know you're not as smart as you think you are oh you remember what happened when you were a kid you couldn't, couldn't save your mom okay well you have no control you need control let us help you and then all of a sudden you become a controlling person that's the darkness this light doesn't need control there is no control because we know we're always in the, in where we need to be. Do you understand? Absolutely. So that's one of the techniques. And when people do ayahuasca and they see all those colors and those things and those streams, that's what those are. They're conscious streams. But because they don't cultivate shamanism in their life, they don't know how to access those conscious streams. And that's what I just taught you right now, how to access. just by one beautiful. word. Beautiful. One word. One word. And you are able to travel all the way to the source. Mm-hmm. And if you stayed there for, like, let's say 15 minutes, you set a clock for 20 minutes, your whole body would be vibrating and your whole room would disappear and you would be in another realm
0: Shaman Durek we love you Never can you just be. stay with you. us forever this <laughs> 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 hopefully we'll, we'll have you back obviously yes of course when, you, when you're when back on tour back from, back from from saving the world <laughs> um, I'm not
2: saving the world they're saving themselves I'm just bringing them the education right
0: yeah. and we're so grateful no guru consciousness
2: yeah <laughs> that's good It's important. Tell
0: our (laughs) listeners where they can find you, cause Shamans Instagram and whatnot.
2: So you can, um, you can find me at So You can also get involved in some of the module classes that we're going to be having up, which is basically teaching you to the first beginner courses of understanding shamanism, building your ability to sense and understand your, your four senses as well as your five sense and your six sense um, in a much more elaborate way, also understanding how to communicate with people without feeling that you're not, you're not being loved or you're going to be attacked for people who have issues. So you can, we're going to have all types of amazing classes. Mm. And um, that you can also get on shamandurek.com, which will be up very soon soon. You can also find me at Shaman Dirk on Instagram, Shaman Dirk on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, you can send a message to, uh, if you want to get like uh, an appointment with me, you can contact Sam at shalmandirk.com, who's my amazing assistant who's in studio with me right now, who's like, you know, an <laughs> Shout amazing. Shout out to Sam. Shout Sam. out to Sam. He's <laughs> amazing. Um, and you can check me out in a lot of different things that I've been doing. I just did a, a, an amazing uh, show with uh, Mike Dooley who is, um, wrote the Letters from God. We just did an amazing thing. I, um, so, so that's that you can find out Mike Dooley look at that I have a lot of other programs I'm doing with Gwyneth Paltrow we're doing stuff for Goop I'm a resident shaman at Goop so you can look at some of the things I'm doing there
1: and that's a retrograde, yeah. yep, and that's a
2: retrograde <laughs> which will be an ongoing thing as well so you'll be getting things and uh, you know um, you know even building upon all of that just remember how amazing and wonderful you are and that you're a gift to life and You know, don't let anyone at any time ever tell you anything different other than the most beautiful things about you because that's the truth and everything else is just poison and a lie and don't accept it.
0: Namaste listening. Yay. Namaste
2: listening. Thank you. Namaste listening. I love that. (laughs) 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 Yes, that's a retrograde.
0: God damn, do I love that jingle. Never gonna get old. That's my emotional state. Okay. Yeah. That's wonderful. (laughs) Really powerful
1: moment. It's like the little things in life, you know? I feel just before we kick off this, Roses and Thorns, I want to say like, if you find something that makes you happy, like a sound machine with dumb sound
0: effects, you really need to lean into that. Definitely, because joy is not around every corner. If there's anything we've <laughs> learned on this well-being journey that we call that so retrograde, latch on and never let go to anything that makes you smile,
1: especially people.
0: Right. <laughs> That's why we're codependent. Guys love it when you latch on and don't <laughs> let go. It's their favorite thing. Favorite thing. Um, roses and thorns. Yes. Stephanie, what do I would like you have? Will you kick it off? Sure. My
1: rose. <clears throat> Should I t- tell the brand name? Fuck, it's so deep in this purse. Sure. Hold on one second. Do you guys hear that? This is not my rose, by the way. Okay. Where the fuck is it? I'm really prepared for this. Oh, okay. My rose. Elizabeth and I had the distinct pleasure of uh, being sent some marijuana. What? I had the distinct pleasure of being sent some marijuana items. Yes. Because did you guys for trial? I don't know
0: if you guys heard, but we
1: dabble. Yeah, and um, you know we live in this vape culture, and I I normally feel like it's kind of cheesy and like not that cool. And when I see people vaping, I'm like, yeah. but I will say that this brand called Humboldt has these pens that are like one dose of THC.
0: It you, vibrates. Yeah, you so you pull you it the dose.
1: and it vibrates when it's when you're dosed, and it's. So incredible. They have them in different themes of, like, different. Like, what do you want to invoke? Yeah, different qualities. And the one that I'm currently involved with is Arouse. Now, I haven't used it for arousal purposes, but I guess I'm just walking around my life aroused because every time I hit it, I get into, like, a really happy headspace.
0: Yeah, they're really good. I I'm a big right fan. Now. They come with a little. stuff is vaping. Hashtag girls who vape. Um, so good. They come in a little carrying case, which I really appreciate. Okay. That's the sound effects machine, guys, (laughs) from Stephanie's mouth. Um, They come in a nice little carrying case, which I highly appreciate. They do? Yeah, it came in a little plastic case. Oh,
1: I just carry mine around rogue. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, just saying, they, they thought to provide that, which I appreciate. Do you know where we can order these? Um, I don't know. They have them at the marijuana stores here in California. You guys can. We'll put a link on our website to the brand. The brand is HMBLDT, and they have a very kind of like wellness ethos within their whole, their whole branding, and really kind of. Uh, you're only supposed. To, it tells you you're only supposed to have three hits an hour, which is great because I think people who three hits an hour. goddamn. People who might not be you know used to marijuana usage nowadays which as we talked about on a previous episode it's like pretty high dose like there are all these strains that are aggressive nowadays it's yeah. like kind of nice to be like here's how much you should do here's how much like one dose is go ahead live your best yeah, life. yeah
1: it's it's hard not to know like with those my monk pens my monique or i don't know how to pronounce it i just hit 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 hit, hit but it's not weed so it doesn't matter right but I will say, remember, we were leaving your car the other day and you gave me a dose and then I went to Air One and I was like shopping for vitamins and then all of a sudden I was like, holy fuck, I'm so high!" Uh, hi. Hi, guys. But it
0: snuck up on me in like a nice way. That's nice.
1: I don't know if you guys are stoners and this is resonating with you, but if you are, but check But if you out. are,
0: check them out. I will say they're a little on the pricey side, but I th- believe it'll probably last quite a long time. Yeah. So check them out if you're in a state where you can. Um. What else? I think it's a solid wreck. Yeah. What's your rose? My rose is okay. It's kind of it's like a double. It's a both rose because I know what it both is. Of us. I asked
1: you, but I already know what it is.
0: Um, you guys, we're on the homepage for iTunes right now. What? Sorry. And here's the thing. It's like I don't know. I feel like most of the time in my life, you can't really get too excited about like little accolades because. I always try to come from the ideology that, well, you can get excited, but, you know, it's like you can't let the good stuff affect you or the bad stuff will affect you, too. So the the idea is to kind of, like, walk the line of, of just, like, knowing you're on the right path and, like, anything that comes at you, you're like, it doesn't matter. Sure. I have my vision. I'm, like, making it happen. Sure. But I will say it's really exciting to to uh, open that iTunes page and see our faces, our 29-year-old faces, too. I know. Too. I was like, we need to a puzzle.
1: It's like, we were 29 when we took that. I was like, wow, a whole two years ago. But I will say, just like, as a little bit of an amendment to that, I think it's really important to actually be able to take the good things, not as like, not that you're doing it for that reason or that if it you didn't get that validation, it wouldn't be good enough, but I think that to be able to see that thing and be like, Wow, that's really cool and just like appreciate it and carry it. it with you is important. Absolutely. I hear what you're saying about like you don't want either side to Right. Tip well, you I've in always kind of
0: operated under that, but I really kind of let myself get excited about it and like not it wasn't even a conscious thing, but it just felt really validating and beautiful and like yeah, we are on the right path and you know this show is something that is important to us, and the more people that listen to it, the more people get exposed to the things we're talking about, and that truly make a difference in people's lives. Totally. So it's like the more, the merrier. Totally. So, so Rose, subscribe, and, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, not that it matters, but if you guys wanted to, like, leave a little uh, review in the iTunes world, that whole is like gold. So we'd appreciate if. You would leave a review and, like, mi- preferably have it be a good one. I do. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't have to.
1: Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> don't need any bad reviews. We already do that to ourselves. <laughs> um, and then, do I have a thorn? Uh, my eye's infected again, guys. Please help me. I've been treating with chamomile tea bags, which might be helping. I don't know. But I feel like you guys don't even want to hear about this. You guys just want to, like, think that, like, I'm healing and then you can, like, take my other healing advice. It actually makes me feel like...
0: A wellness imposter? Yes! That's how I feel about my insane acne right now. That's my thorn. That's my personal thorn. I guess we're
1: all human.
0: Yeah, it just happens. And we're just
1: figuring it out. And we have to be patient and just, like, not freak out and try everything. Try
0: everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's from... A musical, I think it's Utopia.
0: Oh, Rose, never saw it.
1: Oscar snafu. Rose,
0: how about Oscar your Oscar parties? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, how about we talk about the Oscars for a hot set? Sure, let's do it. You went to the Vanity Fair party. I did. Lived your best. I lived my true best. Went to Madonna's house. I went.
1: No, it was her part party. House, yeah. The
0: Madonna party. Yeah, whatever. It was. um. I did your hair, Elizabeth. You really crushed it. I really love doing people's hair. You did a for great. My whole job. My whole time growing up, before all the dances, I would literally, like, book five friends in to, like, come over and I would do their hair.
1: That's so it's funny. It's relaxing for me. Yeah, I like doing that, too. I used to, Before I went to college, I wanted to just go to hair school. And my mom was like, we're Jewish. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming it means I have to get a bachelor's Yeah, degree. my parents <laughs> were like,
0: you can go to college first. Yeah. But I, w- bit, whatever. That's so dumb. Yeah. Thank you, my Michigan State University Also, wouldn't you rather
1: me have like a trade, something that exactly. I can actually do, where it's like, I came out of college with a bachelor's degree in theater, like, better <laughs> off just becoming a hairstylist and having like a real job. Yeah. I've never So had hats one.
0: off to the actual hairstylist. Yeah. As opposed to my... And we went to I went to
1: the Hair and Makeup Awards that Pamela Price, our friend, Hollywood Beauty Awards. Yeah, that was really cool. Like those people really are like the unsung heroes. Where you're like, these people don't just like show up looking good, and no one really talks about that. Unsung heroes, they are truly. Imagine if like n- people in Hollywood had to do their own hair and makeup. Oh yeah. Well, that's Nobody the thing. would think they
0: were pretty. <laughs> As a stylist, like, you know, <laughs> it's like you have wardrobe, you have hair and makeup, and if one of those things are off, the other two are totally discredited. Yeah, it's so, so it's so like true. it's really important. I mean, I've had my moments where I've had to like speak to a stylist and makeup artist being like, "Listen, you g- <laughs> the hair, it's not complimenting the outfit. It you got to fix it. The makeup, it's not working. I will I'll get in your face." Yeah. I've got a vision, you know? I trust it. I'm into it. Thanks, man. I told
1: PB Herman that the work he does is important, and that was pretty much the <laughs>
0: And that was the evening. That was the truth. <laughs> and I'm also still
1: so tired because I didn't get home till 6 o'clock in the morning. God bless. And that was two days ago. This is
0: 31. If this is. Yeah. Um. Well, we do have some fun events coming up. Yes. Speaking of, we're going to be at South by Southwest doing a talk on March 14th. We have all the information on that on our website so you, along with a bunch of other events we have coming up so guys check that out thank you so much to Shaman Durek for just like being the best and giving the best hugs that's an important thing if you guys can take away anything from this episode is be huggy it's important <laughs> I do want you to be huggy but please don't go up to people and say I'm a hugger yeah no that you can't because that really puts me just off just give the great hugs yeah. you don't need to like preface it with good I'm a great hugger. I'm a hugger. Yeah, no.
1: Oh, my other rose is Have tact. fucking David Keckner at our show last night.
0: Oh, my God. If you guys are in L.A. and
1: you're not coming to the live show at No Name on, on Mondays, please, please come. It's so fun, and we've just been getting the most incredible comedians. Seriously. David Keckner from Anchorman, and now he has a show on CBS called he's Superior Sweet. Donuts, and he's just, like, incredibly hilarious, and he... I just want to celebrate that man forever. And I go, I was having like a weird night because of a couple of situations.
0: Thorn for another time, guys. Yes.
1: I'm not really quite ready to talk about it publicly, publicly or maybe ever. But I go, I wasn't my best self. And then he walks up to me, puts his thumb on my third eye, and just goes, Yes, you were. And I was like,
0: Are you? That's an evolved male. Yeah.
1: And we like that. Strong, powerful mask energy. That I want to be. 2017. Around. Fuck yeah.
0: All right, you guys, we adore you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um just being. If you can find us on
1: that's a retrograde.com or on Instagram or Twitter at so retrograde. And if you really want to talk to us and tell us what's up, you can email us at That's a retrograde at
0: gmail.com. You got it. Namaste listening. Bye.
2: Yes, that's a retrograde!